Hare Krishna, everyone. Jai Jai. Hare Krishna. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Saturday Sangha in Kartik. <clears throat> oh, my Jnana Timnandasya, Jnananjana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama, Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam, Stapitam Yena Bhutale, Svayam Rupa Kadamahyam, Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuttaparakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhanvitangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Nama He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare. Welcome to Saturday Sangha. So, uh, well, translation first. Mm. I will surely execute with utmost care these activities favorable to your pure devotional service. I will feel fondness for those things in this world 
which are conducive to pure devotion, and with my senses, I will engage them in your service. I will carefully listen to all discussions concerning you and the satisfaction of my eyes will be to behold your divine abode. I will nourish my body with the sacred remnants of your food and smell the sweet scent of tulsi leaves adorning those offerings. With my hands, I will always execute your service, and I will forever dwell at that place where you abide. I will employ my desires in your devotional service and show anger to those who are envious of you. In this way, May all of my propensities and emotions obtain dignity and glory by being favorable to you. I will consider as favorable to your devotional service anything I do which is favorable to your devotee. Bhaktivinoda knows neither religion nor irreligion. He simply prays that all his activities be conducive for pure devotional service. Okay. <clears throat> to a bhakti anukul jj karja hoi parama jatane ta kori bonis choi to a bhakta anukul jj karja hoi Parama jatane taha koribo nischoy Bhakti anukul jatta vishaya shangsare Koribo tahate rati indriyera dare Bhakti anukul Jatta vishaya shangsare Koribotahate rati indriyera dvade Shunibotomar kata jatana koriya Dakibo tomaradham noyana bodhiya Shunibo tomar kata jatana kori Takibo tomar dham nayana bodhiya Tomara prasade dehak koribo poshan 
कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे हरि भो हरे भो हरे भो गौर हरे भो नित्य गौर हरे भो हरे भो हरि भो गौर हरे भो Again, the translation with the Bengali together. I will surely execute with utmost care those activities favorable to your pure devotional service. Tua bhakti anukul jj karja hoy. So karja, the word uh, can mean duty. It means literally what what. Should be done or what can be done. Sanskrit word, uh, really, from related to the word karma, we see it a uh, few times in Bhagavad Gita. And uh, but here the key word of uh, this song and the whole section. There will be a few songs. Is anukula, uh, which has the sense of following and favorable. Uh, the prefix anu um, in this context means following. And kula uh, has the sense like family, mm, following the family, <laughs> or you can say having, having resemblance or uh, going along with uh, the... Well, we could say along with tradition, possibly. Whoops, I better get this off. One second. Let's turn off WhatsApp so we don't get beeps. Okay. Um, yeah, to a bhakti anukul, your... Um, Devotion, favorable to your devotion, JJ, whatever, Karja Hoy, uh, is, is going to be done. Parama Jatane Taha Koribo Nischoy. Jatane effort, Parama, supreme effort, Taha Koribo Nischoy. And we'll see a lot of this in the song, this future tense, I will do. Uh, and nischoy, mm, uh, with, uh, with determination and faith. And then the second verse, I will feel fondness for those things in this world which are conducive to pure devotion. And with my senses, I will engage them in your service. Bhakti Anukul Jata Vishai Shongshare. In Bengali, well, we've had this a few times. The word Sangsara uh, in this world can mean, can also mean in, uh, the family, in the family Shongshare. 
Vishaya just means objects or things. Uh, bhakti anukul jata. Mm, jata, I think, is is yat, whatever. Koribo tahate rati. Indriyardvare. Through dvara uh, means a gate, and in Hindi, uh, and I guess also in Bengali, um, it means, uh, gives the instrumental sense through or by means of, uh, by means of the senses. Koribo tahate rati. I will do. Um, with fondness, rati. I'll do those things with um, with with relish, rati. And then shunibo. The next one is about hearing. I will carefully listen to all discussions concerning you. And the satisfaction of my eyes will be to behold your divine abode. Shunibhoto markata jatana koriya. Koriya is that gerund form. I having or engaging in mm, the effort, jatana, uh, of I will hear Shunibo Tomarkata, your your uh, discussions. Dekibo, I will I will see, Tomar Dhamma, your abode, Nayana Bodhya. Uh, Nayana means eyes, and Bodhya satisfaction. <clears throat> Yeah, also in, in Hindi, uh, when something is very nice, you hear devotees, uh, you hear people expressing, Bariya, Bariya, it is excellent. Tomar Prashad Deho Koribo Poshan. I will nourish my body with the sacred remnants of your food. And smell the sweet scent of tulsi leaves adorning those offerings. Tomar prasade deha koribo poshan. Poshan means nourishment. <clears throat> I will do the nourishment. Deha of the body. Uh, prasade. Tomar prasade with your prasad. Naivedya tulasi grana. Koribo uh, grahan, um, I will, I will smell uh, the the tulsi, which is grana. Uh, what does it say here? Adorning, yes, adorning the naivedya. Naivedya is the offering of food. Kara dvare koribo tomar seva sada tomar vasati stale boshibo sarvada. With my hands, I will always execute your service, and I will forever dwell at that place where you 
abide. So kara dware, again the word dware, through or by means of kara, my hands, like we have uh, kara tala, those hand symbols. Kara tala literally just means the surface of the hand, the palm of the hand, and somehow that's come to mean the <clears throat> the instrument that we play with the palm of the hands. So kara dware koribo. I will do. What will I do? Tomar seva. Your service. When will I do it? Sada always. Tomar vasati stale. Your place of residing. Vasati. Boshibo, I will, I will sit. <laughs> Literally, I will, I will sit. <clears throat> uh, you'll always hear in the Mayapur Chandradoy Mandir, after Mangal Artik, uh, there are many, many uh, visitors. In addition to the Western devotees, there are many Bengali visitors. And there's always... Um, one devotee, one brahmachari, I don't remember his name now, but he always gives um, a 10 or 15 minute talk uh, to the guests and uh, explains to them about chanting Hare Krishna. And uh, before that, he announces, Sobai Boshun, Sobai Boshun, Boshun, Boshun. Boshun means uh, please sit in the respect form or in the uh, friendly form, it would be bosho, for one person, bosho, just sit. So here it's boshibo, um, I, will, I will sit. And when will I sit? Sarvada, always. Sarvada is, again, very Sanskritic. <clears throat> I will employ my desires, Tomar Sevai Kam, Kama, of course. We think of Kama sometimes, it's Prabhupada would translate as lust, um, but it has the more general sense of de desire. Tomar uh, Sevai Kam Niyoga Koribo. I will employ my desires in your devotional service. Niyoga would be to employ. Koribo, doing the employing, engaging. Tomar vidveshi jane krodha dekayibo. I will show anger to those who are envious of you. Vidveshi. Dveshi, uh, again Sanskritic, uh, person against, averse, vidveshi, someone who's very much against, jane, those people, krodha, anger, dekayibo, I will show. Uh, so it's uh, dekibo would be I will see, and dekayibo, I will show. In this way, may all my propensities 
and emotions obtain dignity. Ah, prabhav. Uh, and glory by being favorable to you. A rupa, a rupa in this way, in this form, sarva vritti, all my propensities, all my inclinations, all my, all my ways of being and doing, uh, ara and sarva bhava, all my emotions, my feelings, my moods, um tua anukul hoye labuk prabhav um labuk is will obtain or i may obtain uh prabhav he's translating as dignity and glory uh which is nice Tua bhakta anukul jaha jaha kori tua bhakti anukul boli taha dori. I will consider um, I will consider as favorable to your devotional service anything I do which is favorable to your devotee. So bhakta anukul favorable to your devotee, jaha, jaha, whatever kori, whatever I do, uh, to a bhakti anukul, boliya, uh, with the apostrophe it's indicating a ya is subtracted, boliya, I will consider mm, as bhakti anukul, tua bhakti anukul, as favorable to you. Uh, taha dori, dori. Not sure. Carrying, maybe. Uh, finally, bhakti vinod knows neither religion nor irreligion. He simply prays that all his activities be conducive for pure devotion to you. Bhakativinoda nahi jane dharma adharma. Jane, he does not know, dharma and adharma. <clears throat> Bhakti anukultar hau sab karma. He simply prays that all his activities, sub-karma, will be bhakti anugul, will be favorable. Ha'u, may they be favorable. Now someone may object and say, what is this? He doesn't know what is dharma or adharma. Doesn't it say in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 18, that this is... Um, knowledge or or intelligence uh, in the mode of ignorance to not know or maybe mode of passion <laughs> to not know what is dharma what is a dharma or to get them mixed uh, mixed up <clears throat> uh, 
Well, Srila Raghunath Das Goswami, in his Manashiksha, one of his prayers to his mind is something like, Nadharmam Nadharmam Shutigana Niruktam Kilakuru Raja Radha Krishna Prachara Paricharyam Ihatanu. He says, uh, I'm not dharma, not a dharma. Shutigana niruktam. The dharma and adharma as described in the Vedas. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested in that. Raja Radha Krishna Prachari Prachara Paricham Ihatanu. I'm only interested in worship of Radha and Krishna. So it kind of, uh, there's two, we can say two extremes. There's two ends to knowing Dharma and Adharma or not knowing. So on the high end, that's what Bhaktivinoda Thakur is speaking of, uh, is the high end uh, of this, we may say, a kind of transcendental ignorance. Not ignorance, but ignoring, or rather seeing beyond, seeing the higher purpose uh, of, of dharma. That's what Bhaktivinoda Thakur is speaking about. So, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur ki jai. Uh, these several songs will be about anukul, favorable devotion, mm. bhakti anukul, Matra, that which is only favorable, svikara. Uh, svikara means acceptance. And then uh, I guess it's the final section of the group of songs is uh, bhakti pratikul, what is not favorable. But then there's another s- sort of additional section after that of um, something like 13 songs glorifying the holy name. Okay, Srila Bhaktivinoda Ki Jai. Hare Krishna. Welcome everyone again. Those of you who have just come in, uh, I'm happy to see you all and... um, Thank you for joining us on this uh, auspicious day. Today is, uh, according to some calendars, today is Diwali or Deepavali, uh, the day of lighting lamps. Uh, in celebration, there's, there's a few celebrations that kind of overlap. It gets a little complicated, but uh, for... For uh, the devotees of Lord Rama, it's especially celebrating his return, uh, his return journey <laughs> to Ayodhya. The, the way was lit for him. Although, of course, Lord Rama doesn't need any external lighting to know which way to go, still as an expression, uh, as a gesture of devotion, naturally the devotees um, want to offer some assistance. 
And so in India, uh, this becomes a major festival. It's something like New Year's for people all over India, and uh, you'll you'll receive nowadays you'll receive happy Diwali wishes and maybe cards. Uh, I think this was picked up from the Christian tradition of sending Christmas cards, which I think in turn was uh, developed by the uh, by the card industry <laughs> uh, as a way of making money. Um, but anyway, happy Diwali, we can say. Uh, and may our... May our hearts be illuminated, not just on this day, but every day. And may we also, even though the Lord needs no illumination, may we illuminate the way for the Lord uh, to remain in our hearts and to lead us um, back to him. Tomorrow is Govardhan Puja, and I suspect this Govardhan Puja for most of us will be a bit different from how we are accustomed to celebrate Govardhan Puja, uh, since um, many of us are in some sort of isolation or semi-isolation, we can um, make up for our external conditions with our meditations, our manasika uh, meditations. I remember, mm, this was many years ago, seeing uh, pictures, I think they were just uh, two or three or four still photos of devotees who had started a project in the high mountains of Bolivia in a very remote place, uh, practically nothing there. And they were celebrating Govardhan Puja. And there were... (laughs) <laughs> maybe three devotees and they were they had constructed uh, a, uh, a, a small Govardhan hill and they had on a little table and they were circumambulating and in this way celebrating so we might also want to remember um, that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu blessed Srila uh, Sanatan Goswami with a shila, a stone of Govardhan, together with the blessing that, considering his, uh, his advanced age by this time, Rather than doing his daily Govardhan puja all the way around, Govardhan's 22 kilometers, uh, 
he could simply walk around or maybe make obeisance around whatever uh, this one stone. Um, I'm curious now, how many of you have Govardhan Shilas with you in your homes? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So there's a fair number of you. So those of you who have, you can please also in your manasa puja for Govardhan puja, perhaps meditate that all the rest of the devotees who don't, uh, who are assembled here, and maybe others, you know, um, who may not have Govardhan shila and may not be at Govardhan, can be blessed by your Govardhan shila on Govardhan Puja Day uh, because we are warned that we, sh uh, we are supposed to worship Govardhan uh, Hill uh, as, as a protection from the snakes. Uh, so I don't know if you have snakes, dangerous snakes in your area. Um, here in the area where I'm staying, they, they, uh, we see very small snakes. They don't look very dangerous. Sometimes we see little snakes. Mm. <clears throat> uh, Daityesha, do you have snakes down there? Oh, I guess you're nodding. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're saying, it's nice. <laughs> you're on a different channel, so we don't hear you. Okay. Um... Yes, what else is to be announced? Uh, the, uh, the sadder things to announce today, um, I just read the report, just today has departed His Holiness uh, Bhakti Madhurya Govinda Swami Maharaj. I had mentioned him, he was in very difficult condition. Um, Govinda Maharaj was one of the first 100 disciples of Śrīla Prabhupāda, uh, joining uh, the devotees in 1968. Uh, the last 15 years he's been based in Delhi, and despite mm, considerable problems with health, he's been very energetically preaching all of this time all of these years. Uh, and also, uh, Mother Krishnandini, um, also from America, um, who uh, I, I was surprised to read, she had 10 children, uh, and she was very much involved in the... Um, mm, 
Grihasta team uh, project and uh, was very much, I didn't know her personally, uh, but uh, she's very much loved by the devotees in America. She was very energetic. I, I saw one um, discussion she had on YouTube recently, very energetic, very, you can say, deeply uh, dedicated soul, we could say that. Probably uh, there would be recordings of both of them on the internet now. Everything is available online. Um, and so we offer our prayers and uh, and and more prayers uh, for their moving on back home, back to Godhead, uh, a glorious, a glorious life, uh, leading to glorious death, leading to glorious next life. That is devotional service. Today, um, we're going to have a surprise guest in a few minutes. <laughs> and uh, he's an old friend of mine. I will say he. He is an old friend. Um, and I'll say something more about him when he appears. Uh, before that, maybe uh, just a little bit of... Uh, time for some show and tell if there's anyone who uh, wanted to say something before Guru Maharaj Mataji sign in for sharing sorry who Mataji Dira okay and yeah that's that's it so okay far. Hare Krishna. Can you hear me? Hare Krishna. Yes. Thank and Godfather's God Sisters. Um, it's it. I I will just say a couple of words, very short. That um, uh, sometimes when the mind is very creative, and when there is no um possibility to express it properly then um all this creativity piles up in 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 my mind so um i i i only dress deities twice a week in the evening and i don't get um um chance to dress them in the morning obviously because of covid and corona so i'm really missing that um creative part of um arranging or dressing the deities in the way for the morning show, for the morning um, uh, darshan. So, and also in my mind, I started writing something which is more of a drama, as if like, uh, what would my friends and I in imaginary valley <laughs> um, offer to Krishna? What kind of, um, mm, I don't know if I should say Leela, what kind of situation would we arrange for Krishna? So I start going um, off the plot a bit 
And then I was thinking I should learn actually first how to write dramas. So I started reading first from Gurmaj's book um, in praise of my preceptors. He wrote here um, three short dramas um, that I was very impressed with. And uh, that's very, um, I would say, um, one has to have knowledge <laughs> of many different things in order to write those dramas. And then I was thinking, you know, um, I would like to also read dramas of um, Srila Rupa Goswami that we are following, that we're all followers of through um, our Guru Maharaj and Guru Parampara and Srila Prabhupada. And I somehow was inspired to, I didn't know where to go, what copy to buy, what copy to get, obviously not having a knowledge. And I've ordered this book uh, from Govardhan Madhva, from um, uh, uh, translated by His Holiness Banaswami Maharaj. And uh, and when I started reading the book, it was the most uh, delightful book that I have actually ever read. Um, there are three things that. So, so it means I need to read the book about probably three, four times in order first to form the understanding of the plot of the book. And then a humor in this book. It's just I've laughed through the book all the way through, especially laughing at uh, a character, Mother Mongols scolding Jatila. <laughs> that, that was the best part of the humor. And also, um, the third time that I would read the book is to learn about the description, about the language that Shurupa Goswami uses to describe um, characters, emotion of the characters, and the um, uh, groves and the places where that takes place. So I, uh, that, that, that was only my little show and tell to inspire um, everyone to uh, read it if you, if you would like to. And it's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I can't wait to read it again and again, um, as I'm not that um, scholarly as a person. So I need to read more and more in order to understand it. And also, I would like to ask a question, Gurmaj. Are we allowed to read books like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny question. <laughs> it's funny because first you got read the book it. and then you read it and then you're asking. <laughs> I apologize deeply. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I was very inspired to read it. <laughs> yeah. I think there will be different opinions. Personally, I, I encourage, I want to encourage devotees to, to read uh, works of our acharyas, specifically what's uh, for us to appreciate about uh, the dramas of Srila Rupa Goswami is that uh, through them he's illustrating uh, the many things which he is writing in a more theoretical way in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Uh, and the whole notion of rasa is 
is deeply tied in with the notion of, of drama. And so to go beyond just theory, he wants to show that Krishna's pastimes are dramatic and through those dramatic, uh, through this dramatic mode, we can understand uh, how rasa, how it works. So I think in that sense, it's good. Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's uh, a lot of discussion, mm, especially I think in first chapter of Antilila, glorifying Rup, Srila Rupa Goswami for his dramas, um, specifically because he could, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that he could really understand uh, the pastimes of the Lord, and he could really understand uh, the mood of Radha and Krishna. So I would Thank say you. yes. Why not? Thank you. Thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. It's not that I'm going to really understand it uh, on some very high levels, but um, in my own little level, I just feel a deep... Um, desire to uh, to understand or to ponder or to to be part of um, our heritage yeah through, through through this drama through reading your books um, and your writing and find it very um, pacifying for the mind and and the heart sort of opens more to towards the um, um, Krishna's pastimes. Very good. <laughs> Thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. <laughs> very good. Sir. Okay. Um, maybe I'll just say a couple of words of news from what I'm doing beyond just sitting in a room all day and chanting. I'm also doing some other things. Um, I've written... I've been writing uh, this book, which has been, you can say, commissioned uh, by the Australian BBT uh, to help a general audience understand what is our de deity worship all about. So about two months ago, I, I finished my draft of that, and I sent it to... His Holiness Devamrita Swami, who is uh, the, the person who asked me to write it. And I also sent it to two devotees uh, to give me their feedback. Uh, one of them, a, a longtime devotee, and one, a very new person because I wanted to get the sense of what if, because it's for new people, what is clear, what needs more explanation, whatever. So uh, a couple of days ago, I got, uh, I spoke with Devamrita Swami. He's, uh, he was giving me his response to the, to the book. 
and uh, he likes it. He said he read it aloud together with two other devotees, and he said basically it's all fine. He had three suggestions, um, fairly minor uh, suggestions for improvement. So uh, just to say that project is going on, it's um, hopefully soon I can make the final adjustments to it and send it back. And then it will go for uh, what's called line editing. Some devotee, we don't know who, will uh, make sure the, the everything is as it should be. And then we'll see where it goes from there, how, how long it takes <laughs> uh, for, for the BBT to produce it. Um, Devamrita Swami also told me that his book, uh, his latest book, and I'm embarrassed to say I've forgotten the title, it's a small book, also meant for a, a general audience, um, something hiding in hiding in nature, something like that. Uh, he said it's it's sold four hundred thousand copies. So and that's uh, that's a BBT book. So so these books get around. Um, what else is I've just finished. Um, an article which I will be presenting in an academic conference of the American Academy of Religion um, and in the beginning of December uh, in a panel. Uh, the title of the panel is uh, The Implications of Being Earnest. Sincerity in South Asian Contexts. <laughs> so that sounds very academic. Um, my presentation is called Earnestness in Hearing and Reading the Bhagavata Purana. So this just became an opportunity. I found out about this panel. They were looking for... Um, one or two more scholars to participate. So I wrote up a proposal and it was accepted. It gives me a chance to uh, speak about the Bhagavatam in, <laughs> in an academic uh, context. So that's coming up. And, uh, well, w one more thing uh, on my, my little world of writing is I got an email from the uh, editor of this book series on animal ethics. I don't know if I told this last week or not. Uh, inviting me to write another book. He says, you've written a book on cows. This is very nice. It's been a success. Uh, now, why don't you write another book? on Hinduism and animal ethics. So I'm thinking about that. What I'd like to write is a book on animal ethics as yoga. 
because I think this will be more interesting than so-called Hinduism. But we will see. Um, let's see now. Dharma Gopta, do we have our guest in yet? Yes, Guru Maharaj. Guest is in and ready. In and ready. Are you all ready? <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's invite him in. There he Hare is. Hare Krishna, Kripa Moy Prabhu. We see your name, but we don't see you. Ah. Is it possible to see you? Can you hear me? We can hear you, but we cannot see you. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Are, are you going to allow us to see you, or do you want to remain invisible? No, I, I would love for you to be able to see me. Uh, There's... Slight technical technical hitch. Oh, let me just let me just try it. Let me just try one more thing. Try it again. Okay. While you're doing that, to relaunch myself. Oh. Okay. So I'll I'll explain just a bit. Um, who is Kripa Moy Prabhu? Kripa Moy Prabhu is Grace. Kripa Moy Prabhu is my god brother. Uh, in Great Britain. He is one of the pillars, we can say, of uh, the British Yatra. There he is. Hare Krishna. Oh, Hare Krishna. Please accept our humble pranams. Fanchakalpatrubhyascha kripa sindubhya evacha. Titanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha All glories to the Vaishnavas Thank you for joining us Prabhu Thank you very much Maharaj I was just explaining that you are one of the pillars of the the British Yatra Uh, I don't know how you feel about being considered a pillar (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll take that. You'll take that, okay. And I don't know if you will mind um, being identified, well, I would say it's an honor, but uh, as you perhaps know, uh, your, your, da- your daughter, Janana <laughs> Jibani, has become, I think, more famous than you. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is this is a great problem for me. <laughs> you have a sort of a, an identity problem with that. Huh? <laughs> it must be it must be Vishnu. <laughs> it must be Vishnu. <laughs> um, well, I want to, what what is not known. Of course, so many devotees know uh, Janava Jivani and her her. Um, her very sweet voice, 
and very powerful voice. What they don't know is that her father's voice is, uh, is similarly a very fine singing voice. Um, and, and that's one of the ways the devotees, uh, especially in the UK, uh, know Kripamoy Prabhu as a wonderful Kirtaniya leader, leader of Kirtan. Um, but Kripamoy Prabhu is known in many other ways, and one of these ways is with respect to what has come to be called uh, congregational preaching. And I thought it might be interesting to hear from you uh, some reflections on your decades of experience with this. Maybe a way to start is um, with a little memory that I have from hearing a recording of a course that you gave at Bhaktivedanta College several years ago on congregational preaching mm. in which you urged your audience to develop each one of them to develop their congregations. And I remember you saying each one of you should have 50 people that you care for First, you said 50, and then after about 10 seconds, you said, why 50? You should each have 108. Yeah. And I was struck by that because I thought, actually, this is how the Krishna consciousness movement can expand in uh, in, in a real and important sense. Uh, so can that uh, serve as a prompting for you to say something? Oh, I, I, I don't need much of a prompt. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you too much of a prompt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite subject, Maharaj. Thank you very much. Okay. Shall I, shall I speak for three, four minutes, something? Then we do questions. You can, you can speak for as long as you like. Uh, oh. we, will end, we will end um, about 55 minutes from now. Okay, and then I say something a little about the Guru and Disciple book and how I wrote that and how it was part yes. of the congregational. That's what I was thinking. I thought yeah. start with congregation and that probably will lead into your book yeah okay good thank you very much Maharaj um, Maharaj has been my friend for uh, many years and we have uh, discussed many subjects I hold him to be more intelligent than me and therefore <laughs> I read his books I read his books in order to know how to think. <laughs> so I consider that you're all extremely fortunate. Of course, every disciple in ISKCON 
thinks that their guru is the best guru. In your case, you are correct. <laughs> Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. <laughs> so, like Maharaj, many years ago, we were simply disciples of his divine grace. And our job was that he published, he wrote the books, the BBT published the books, and we sold the books. It was a very simple arrangement. And Srila Prabhupada thanked us for helping him spread the movement. I was personally in the room and Prabhupada looked at me and said, thank you for helping me spread this movement. I thought, this is very wonderful. I am thanking him for saving my life and he is thanking me for helping him spread the movement. But my dear devotees, there was a problem. We had a big problem. The problem is that when, pe when people read Srila Prabhupada's books, they become attracted to Krishna. This is a very big problem. Because as soon as they become attracted to Krishna, they want to do things for Krishna. They want to learn more. And they want to come into Sadhu Sangha. During the time of Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada started 108 centers. After Prabhupada's disappearance, we have started many more. But the majority of people who practice Krishna consciousness do not live in a temple. Many years ago, when your Guru Maharaj was young and I was young, when we were boys, every devotee lived in a temple. If you did not live in a temple or a traveling temple, you were not really considered a devotee. Now, 96% of devotees do not live in a temple, have never lived in a temple, and may probably never live in a temple. So we have gone from being a temple movement to a congregational movement in 50 years. This is not a weakness, this is our strength. It is a sign of success. It is a sign that somebody is reading the books and becoming a devotee. 
If we look at any other organization, any other movement, you will see the same type of development. In the beginning, a nucleus of highly committed people. After some time, things become much bigger. ISKCON, like any other organization, grows like an organism. Organism means where things are working together to sustain life. So one thing I saw at a particular point was that although we have devotees in the temples and we have these new devotees outside the temples, it is not functioning as an organic whole. There was no connection. And so in England, we started something called the Friends of Lord Krishna. And the Friends of Lord Krishna was 3,000 people who were chanting Japa, reading Prabhupada's books, and wanting to be devotees. But then we had a problem. That the devotees in the temple were chanting 16 rounds, and many of the 3,000 people were chanting four rounds. So of course, how can you be a devotee if you don't chant 16 rounds? So the devotees who chanted 16 rounds, they said to the devotees who chanted four rounds, when you become a real devotee, then it will be good for you. <laughs> so in that way, we destroyed five years of preaching just like that. <laughs> so this was most discouraging. Um, so we had to find a way of understanding that a person's devotion is not directly proportionate to how they practice if the practice is done with insufficient sangha. So we had to create a network of groups and eventually create a mentorship system or counselor system where everybody who wants to is cared for by another devotee. So the system is one of connection and the emotion which flows through that system is compassion. Without the connection, the compassion doesn't work. Without compassion, simply a mundane connection. So from senior to junior, it is said the compassion must flow like a waterfall. And from junior to senior, the respect, the inquiry, the questioning, the following must rise like smoke from a fire. So in this way, we try to connect things. But the most important principle was to tell our devotees that you are not simply the department 
in which you serve, that you're not simply a temple president. You're not simply a book distributor. You're not simply a pujari. Each one of you can have that compassion and you can have 10, 20, 30, or as Maharaj mercifully said, 108 people that you that are caring you. for. That was you who said that. <laughs> you, are, you are reminding me of my generosity, Maharaj. <laughs> so it means that every single devotee becomes not just a preacher, not just a book distributor, because these are things that we know, uh, but everybody becomes a pastoral care worker, a minister to the spiritual needs of others. When I was very, very young, uh, very passionate, I had heard that Prabhupada had said, everybody should distribute my books if you want to really please me. So I went to everybody in our temple in London, and I said, you are not pleasing Prabhupada unless you sell his books. They said, oh, we had better do that. And so I started a, my friend and I, we started a small revolution in the temple. And there are many people who think, yes, Kripamoya, you did the right thing. But the head Pujari noticed that some of the offerings were getting made late. Some of the cleaning was not being done. And so she wrote a letter to Srila Prabhupada. And when Prabhupada came next to that temple, he said, so all services to Krishna are equal. He said, in mundane life, if a man is working in the office, and a woman is cleaning the office, there is supposed to be a difference in importance between them. He said, but in the spiritual world, he said, they're all equal because the center is Krishna. And then my friend thought that he would say something, he would ask Prabhupada a question which would really focus on the issue. So he put his hand up and he said, Srila Prabhupada, what will really please you? <laughs> a loaded question, we call it. A loaded it. question. So Prabhupada said, he said, just try to love Krishna. He said, just try to love Krishna. Just try to serve Krishna in this life. Then he said, if a little ant is on the flower garland of Krishna and it falls off, and it falls onto Krishna's feet, Krishna will say, oh, just see, this tiny jiva is massaging my feet, and he will accept it as service. He said, so in the same way, he said, what to speak of someone who has chosen to do service for Krishna? The ant is unconsciously doing service, and Krishna is accepting. You have chosen to do Krishna's service. What an opportunity. But all service is to develop your love for Krishna. So I thought about this many years later, and I thought, 
is the Hare Krishna movement, a movement for giving out books and giving information about Krishna or constructing temples so people can come and see Krishna? Or is it a movement for helping people to love Krishna? And according to what you think the movement is, you will act in a particular way. So our duty, I feel, is to follow the example of Prabhupada's guru, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who said that with every person, you have to see the spark within the heart and your words have to fan those sparks into a flame. So every person that Krishna sends to us, uh, he's been sent by Krishna. Prabhupada said that at Bhaktivedanta Manor in 1973. He said, when a person walks into the temple, you should think this person has been sent by Krishna. And it's a precious opportunity for me to help that person develop their love for Krishna. So it is not by accident that we meet people and like that. But if we are an organization that likes only to plant the seeds, but we don't like to pull up the weeds or to make water, putting water so the plant can grow or giving them the sunshine of our company, then we will become a, a smaller organization, a smaller movement, and we shall not have the potential that was given to us. Maharaj, I think you know Dr. Narasinghachari from Oxford, who has now passed on yeah. to glory. Yes. He said to me, I asked him, I said, when Ramanujacharya was choosing 74 gurus to give initiation after him, what qualities did he look for? And he said, oh, he must know the Vedas. He must follow the Vedas. He must teach the Vedas. And he leaned forward and he said, and Ramanuja particularly, he said, he said, he said he must be friendly. <laughs> he said, because that friendship will form a link between teacher and student or the person who's preaching to the member. So that is a few introductory statements. I hope I was speaking slowly enough. <laughs> you were doing very well. I, you, you took me almost too seriously. I had sent a note to Kripa Moi Prabhu saying, please keep in mind uh, that we are having simultaneous translation going on. And uh, you have taken this uh, very seriously. <laughs> Thank you. A <laughs> um, couple of weeks ago, I was speaking in, in Russia. Uh -huh. So there you have to take it very seriously. Oh, yes. Everything is very serious in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the word minister. And I wonder how many of the devotees here are familiar with this sense of the word minister. 
we usually hear of government ministers, ah. but uh, in the Protestant Christian tradition, both in England and in the U.S., we have the notion of uh, the person who ministers to people's um, religious and spiritual needs. Yeah. And um, maybe you can say just a little more on that. I, let me also explain to the devotees that uh, Kripa Moi Prabhu is, I would say, one of the most uh, expert and talented priests in our movement. And by that, I don't mean mm, specifically activity of service on the altar, although that is also priestly activity, uh, but more he he act he has performed he still performs priestly uh, service for uh, for weddings especially and also I've seen for funerals and he is expert at what is the function of a priest which is I would say to cross or to bring together. Um, to overcome boundaries and to bring people across those boundaries of time and space uh, in very appropriate and uh, wonderful ways. But you're also a minister <laughs> to your yes. congregations. So can you say, can you say a little more what that means to be a minister yes. and to give compassion, as you've said, yeah. in these contexts. Yeah, let me um, frame it. Um, many years ago, I was a brahmachari. I have not always been a grihasta. I was a brahmachari. And of course, in those days, if you were a brahmachari, you were a devotee. If you were a sannyasi, you were a super devotee. And if you were a grihasta, you were fallen. <laughs> and if you lived outside the temple and you were a grihasta, you were double fallen. We could not look at your face uh, for fear of becoming contaminated. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Whoops. Okay. So, um, but even worse than this, we did not celebrate. Oh, our translation in Spanish has leaked back in. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I, I go out. Go out. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we did not uh, celebrate. Uh, marriage. Uh, in fact, we offered our condolences. <laughs> it was uh, it was the funeral. It was the brahmacharis' funeral to get married. We think, oh, I'm so sorry to hear the news. We did not celebrate. Uh, we did not celebrate um, having children because children 
was the product of this uh, attachment to the material world. And so anybody that was married, anybody that had children, we, have, we felt that our duty was to preach to them so they could get out of Maya. So when a sadhu preaches that you should get out of Maya, it is all cutting. Cutting mm -hmm. language, cutting, cut, 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 cut. So um, what we didn't realize is that it takes an entire lifetime to get out of Maya. <laughs> it takes an entire lifetime. Uh, our experience was that we were in Maya. Someone came to us, gave us a book. We began chanting. And then we got out of Maya within about six weeks. So we thought if we went to the householders, in about six weeks, we would get them out of Maya. And of course, that meant you should leave your wife. You should leave your children. Uh, obviously, you should put on saffron. Because if you don't, how will you be out of Maya? So I think we, we probably lost a lot of people <laughs> by that smashing, smashing technique. Um, I would like to say that being a minister means to minister to people's spiritual needs where they are right now. Not where you would like them to be, not where you think they should be, but where they are now. And in order to minister, which means just to give them what they need, you must know what they need. So part of being a preacher or minister is first of all to listen. And we listen and we listen and we listen and people tell us their problems. And from their problems, you say, aha, this is a, this is your problem. What can I possibly say in this circumstance to help you? In one part of the Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada says that Narada Muni knows the art of preaching to everybody. To the king, he says, how, is your, how are your enemies? How are your citizens? And how is your treasury? This is Narada Muni's question. To a Brahmin, Narada Muni says, how is your struggle over the cycle of birth and death? To a Vaisha, he says, how is your business? To a Shudra, Narada Muni will say, how are they treating you? <laughs> so in this way, Narada Muni is the best minister. And... Uh, he even ministers to Magrari the hunter, who is a non-vegetarian, by getting him to take the next step. So what is the next step for a person? That you have to know as minister. And compassionately, you have to make suggestions, not how they can become Krishna conscious in six weeks, but what is the next level, next level, next level like that. Of course, you can be cutting at times if they invite you to be cutting. If they don't invite you, then be careful. <laughs> Only when a person says, Shishaste ham shadi mam tvam prapannam, <laughs> then he can say, You nonsense, rascal, you fool. 
<laughs> you are crying for what is not worth crying. <laughs> but if they have not asked you, then a minister has to be very careful. <clears throat> so in this way, we have people who've been devotees for five years, 10 years, and now we have people becoming initiated after 20 years. So interesting. Mm. So we've been we've looked after them for a very long time, and now they're serious. So for every one serious person who becomes initiated after six months, there will be ten more who get initiated after three years, and another thousand who get initiated after five years. So it is like a triangle. You know what a triangle? Triangle? Yeah. So at the top. Or you could, you could say it is like that. So at the bottom of the Hare Krishna movement, if you like, are people who have their needs administered to. And actually, this triangle is uh, conceived of by Prabhupada's guru, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. He's, uh, he had 10,000 disciples. This was told to me by His Holiness Jai Pataka Maharaj. He said he had 10,000 disciples or more and each disciple was looked after by a minister called a uh, Upadeshika. Hmm. So you knew who to go to. You don't go to the Acharya, you go to your Upadeshika. The Upadeshika, he was cared for, or she was cared for by a Maha Upadeshika. The Maha Upadeshika was cared for by a Sanyasi of which there were 18 sannyasis. And the sannyasis were cared for by the Acharya. So in this way, it was a triangle where everyone was cared for by somebody. Now, of course, we have that, we have a triangle for Guru Maharaj's disciples. And today is such an opportunity. You are being cared for. But there are many people who are not Guru Maharaj's disciples, or they're not disciples of any Guru Maharaj. But they are also devotees of Krishna. If we don't claim them, someone else will have them. There are many people interested in the devotees that we make, but we don't minister to. There are many of them. And we've seen at different times in the past when Iskan is working very, very hard to create devotees and then not looking after them or thinking, well, it is not my job. It's the GBC is supposed to be looking after everybody or they're supposed to be looked after by the temple president. But I think you will find that many, many people, you thought he is looking after them or she is looking after them and no one is looking after them. So everybody must be looked after by someone. And then we were very, very solid and people will move forward. And a happy devotee will tell other people, I'm so happy. <laughs> but an unhappy devotee, they will tell 12 people. Happy devotee tells three people. Unhappy devotee tells 12 people. <laughs> 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 or they don't tell anyone and you don't see them anymore yes 
Yes. Yes. Well, in the in the old days, they would just disappear. Now they don't disappear. They just go onto the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we know everything that everybody thinks now. Oh yes, too and much. Unfortunately, everybody else knows what everybody thinks. Oh yes, and even if somebody is not really thinking, we know what they're not. What they're think. What they. <laughs> yeah, we do. What they're not clearly thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you spoke about fanning the spark, this very nice image. Yeah. Um, there's, I think maybe that can be a lead into your book, uh, yeah. the Guru and Disciple book, yeah. which I have a copy of here, signed by the author. Wow. Wow. And um, I recommend it. Thank you. I give it five stars. Wow. Yeah. Please, please leave your comments on Amazon. <laughs> yes. So can you say a bit about how you came to write this? Perhaps I should first make a point that I hope everybody here already knows, but in case someone doesn't, uh, because some devotees think that to be a guru, one has to be a sannyasi. Whoops, we're getting our Daityesha back again. In. Again, yeah. it's me. Okay, yeah, I, I, I stopped bothering. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Kiba, kiba vipra kiba nyasi shudra kene noi jay krishna bhakta veta se guru He's being inclusive of, uh, of all the varnas and ashramas as who can be a guru. Uh, the, the, the qualification is that one knows Krishna. So we have Kripa Moi Prabhu is a householder, um, wonderful family, I must say. And we're trying to also uh, coax his good wife, Guru Charana Padma Mataji, to sometime come and speak about her experience uh, leading Gurukul at Bhaktivedanta Manor. Uh, he has three wonderful children. I must say, I don't know your son so much. Yes. I know your two daughters, but not your son. Yes. How is he? How is he doing? He's twenty-three. Uh huh. And he's already working. Uh huh. And uh, he lived in the shadow of his illustrious sisters. So I, I think his his development has been not so much to to shine in the Eskon sky, but uh, he's very much a devotee, and uh, uh, he's working and um, yeah, he's he's equally committed to Krishna consciousness in his life. 
Very good. So um, Kripa Moiprabhu is a father and also spiritual father. Mm. Um, and so that, I think, leads, in other words, he also has shishyas, disciples. So for this, you have written this book. Yes. Can I say, in English, we have a word which to me is... One of the most important words is encouragement. Mm. I don't know how it translates in Polish or the different languages that you have, encouragement. But it means to give courage. And a minister gives courage where there is fear. Giving courage where there is fear does not mean that the fear disappears. It means that you are brave enough to take the next action, even though you might be frightened. Mm. And so a guru gives encouragement to a shisha, because the path of spiritual life invokes fear in the heart, because every step we take in spiritual life means, will I succeed? What happens if I fail? I have to give something up in order to make the next step in my spiritual life. Uh, encouragement, therefore, has to come from somewhere. So um, that was the, 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 the general principle, education and encouragement. And occasionally, correction. Prabhupada told us that when he was on the ship, to America, the captain had a compass. And he said, if I was, if the captain's compass was just one degree out, then the ship would drift off to Canada. Just one degree. By the end of the journey, the ship would be no longer in Boston. <laughs> so he said, in the same way, the guru has to sometimes be a, a compass for the disciple, a course correction. So these different components must be there and they must be there right through the system, whether individually between guru and shishya or the guru's representative in the organization. So unfortunately, uh, I have been... Um, well, fortunately, I have been in ISKCON since 1974 in the United Kingdom. And we have had, let's just say, our fair share of disappointment in spiritual leadership. Mm. 1982, 1986, 1994, 2000, different spiritual leaders have come and made it difficult for people. So over the years, there is not only a culture of disappointment, but a resistance to the standard narrative, the standard positive narrative of Guru Shishya Samband. Mm. And so for 10 years, we have had to not only teach the positive benefits of having a guru, but also explain 
the problems that were there in the past, not in a remote past in India, but in a recent past in our ISKCON movement. So in the old days, becoming initiated was easy because trust was very high. And now it is a little, it, it, it is easy, but it has to come with some explanations. So we were the first yatra in the world to teach an official um, guru and disciple course, which you had to take in order to become a devotee, uh, an initiated disciple. And then uh, the GBC said, we are combining our, we, we are creating our own ISKCON disciple course. Do you have some materials? We sent the materials to them. They created the course. And then I received a communication uh, after 10 years of teaching the course, you can no longer teach the course. <laughs> because because you, you are an ISKCON guru now, so you can't teach anybody oh, about ISKCON <laughs> gurus. <laughs> so again, I said, well, I missed that. <laughs> but there was... I didn't realize that. So yeah, I'm also disqualified. You're disqualified. You can't teach about what you are. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I thought to deal with the uh, many issues that had cropped up in ISKCON over the years, <clears throat> to deal with the false philosophies, to deal with the fears that people had expressed to me, the reservations. There are many different reservations people have. <clears throat> um, to also deal with the lack of history. I saw that people were trying to understand the guru just from uh, ISKCON's history, mm. which is a very modern history. Yeah. So I thought to address this in different ways. And so I started writing a book. And by the time I finished writing the book, it was 400, 400 pages. The <laughs> Maharaj has kindly said <laughs> that it is a good book. Thank you much, Maharaj. But it is in six sections. <clears throat> Maharaj, can you say something? I just need to get some water. My yes, throat please. Is, yeah, say something. Yes, go ahead. Uh, Yes, yeah, since I have the book in front of me, I can uh, just make a quick overview of these six parts. Um, <clears throat> uh, the first part is called First Things First, in which he includes, for example, uh, what are the Vedas, the Vedas in relation to other religions. He has one section within the first part I like very much. It's called uh, postmodern views. Uh, yeah. Very interesting section. Part two is called The Ancient Culture of Learning, explaining things like shiksha and diksha and uh, what he calls sliding definitions. Yeah. More about diksha. <clears throat> Where can you find a guru? Uh, and uh, so many 
subsections. Part three is called Creating and Sustaining Community, uh, called uh, The Guru Spreads His Arms. Uh, he addresses the question of organized religion, and then something about management, church or chapel. <laughs> Uh, very nice. And then <laughs> the next part is called Shades of Saffron. <laughs> he explains sannyas dharma, sannyas, the real and the false, undercurrents, white skin, orange cloth, GBC, saffron cardinals, Reflections and Reforms. Part five is called Gurus, Scandals, and Issues. So getting right into uh, the, the more troubling questions uh, within our ISKCON history. He, within this, he has a section called Diksha Light, L-I-T-E. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, explaining, in a bid to attract followers, some gurus offer initiation without training. Uh, diksha and drugs, guru and disciple in therapy. I mean, everything is here. Loyal disciple <laughs> or, or a mouse, question mark. And uh, the final, part six, is called Becoming a Disciple Today. Steps toward the big step. Are you ready for a guru? Serious to find a guru? Testing the guru? And finally, the path to initiation. Yeah, it's all here. Yes. All human life is there. <laughs> so, I... Uh, for instance, one area was uh, uh, um, maybe many people have heard of Ritvik's, the Ritvik movement. Mm -hmm. Now, um, not so active, but um, there was a magazine called Back to Prabhupada. And this magazine, Back to Prabhupada, was published from very near my house. And so um, I thought, let us deal with this subject once and for all. So I collected all the quotes by Srila Prabhupada about gurus in the future from 1966 or 1967 all the way to 1977 about who should be guru, whether Prabhupada wanted gurus after him, etc. And it seemed like Prabhupada thought it was a good idea. So if Prabhupada thought it was a good idea, um, what went wrong? So then there was a chapter about that. So because I knew all the arguments, each chapter deals with a particular argument. Mm. It's like Bhakti Siddhanta's Prakritarasa Shatadushani. Shatadushani is a book of arguments a hundred arguments, but you've got to know the arguments before you write the Shatadushani. Mm. So my book was sort of like, yeah, I've heard that one before. 
I've heard this argument many times. Let me write something about that. But of course, it wasn't just me. There was, there have been devotees all over the world writing good arguments against bad arguments, uh, but they weren't collected together in one place. So I thought, let me do that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then many times, um, people were characterizing that ISKCON had a guru problem or guru issues or did have. And I wanted to reframe that, that because we made the mistake of thinking that sannyasi means guru and guru means sannyasi. Whenever we have sannyasi difficulty, we characterize that or mislabel that as a guru difficulty. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was one thing I wanted to qualify. And then, uh, because we had, should we say, other members of other Gaudiya organizations coming, who would mm -hmm. give initiation without any training before and any training afterwards. It was sort of just a, a sort of an initiation hanging in midair. I said, well, people have to know that initiation does mean training before, and it does mean training afterwards. And it does mean having an organization like ESCON. So if you're going to have an organization like ESCON, why not ESCON? <laughs> <laughs> in other words, if you're going to have some organization and an organization has already been created, why not just use that one? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to make the argument that being a devotee and being initiated isn't independent of ESCON, that ISKCON is the name for the whole thing, not just the temples, not just a group of men who make decisions in Mayapur, but ISKCON is the whole movement. The fact that it's not connected in many areas doesn't mean that it's there's no less potential there. So Prabhupada would not have created ISKCON if it was not needed. Prabhupada never did anything that was a waste of time. When Prabhupada was asked, how long should puja take in the morning? He said, 10 minutes. <laughs> when, he, when he said, when they said, uh, can we have a book about uh, Archana, you know, an Archana Padati, how long should the book be? And he said, 20 pages. Yeah. <laughs> So Prabhupada did not like to waste time. So he would not have created ISKCON just to be a time-wasting exercise. The fact that he created ISKCON and the process of Diksha means that the two things were meant to go together. But whereas mm. in the 1980s, we made the mistake of the ISKCON society not controlling the initiations at all, perhaps we've gone completely <laughs> over the other way. Now. It's like ISKCON is controlling every aspect of the initiation. Yeah. Every, every aspect. And uh, we need to... One of my favorite words is balance. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> 
I think that's where you and I really, uh, we, you know, we're on the same wavelength on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, in my local temple, there are some people who say that, um, you know, I've been working with potential disciples for two years, and then I have to submit them to the temple president who can then recommend them back to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though the they don't. Who doesn't know them. Yeah, to recommend he doesn't them back know them. Yeah. Oy vey. Oy vey. Yes. <laughs> uh, Prabhu, we have only, already only five minutes left. And okay. I thought. We should see if there's any burning question to you from anyone who is with us. Yes. Um, please. Um, oh, we have from Mitra Balaram. <clears throat> oh, he's just asking on, on, on the chat, what is the book of arguments against Ritvik? This, I think you're saying, is included in your yeah. Guru and Disciple book, isn't it? Yes. The one, yeah. the one book. <laughs> it's all in the one book. Yes. At least the best arguments, I think. The best arguments are that Prabhupada wanted gurus. Yeah. He wanted a parampara. Uh, I suppose uh, at some point we could, if you would agree, we could... Uh, discuss the the more controversial question about women gurus but i don't want to bring that up now <laughs> uh, um, yes it seems like it's still a controversy anyway yeah. um the book is available i should mention through in europe it's available through uh bhaktivedanta library services in uh in radhadesh if you go is to it? Isn't it? I think it right. is. If oh, they still I'm... have some, if they still have some, that would be wonderful. Oh. But it's it's on Amazon, but only right. as digital. Only as digital. You just go to Amazon oh. Books and click on Creepamoya, and the books are there. Okay, so that's that's how you can get the book. Yeah, you've done another book also, uh, which I happen to have. Oh, yes, I'm your fan. This is. Uh, little collection of three books called Lost and Found, Frequently Asked Questions. And uh, yes, volume one, volume two, volume three. This is kind of, I would, I would refer to this as a quick start instruction manual. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'll take that. When you when you get a new computer, you get a quick start instruction uh, sheet right on top when you first open the box, and it says step one, unpack the computer. Step two, plug <laughs> plug it in. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, message from Rasodadi. Hari Prabhu, dear Kripamoy Prabhu, Dandavat Pranam, Jai Srila Prabhupada, is it that if one takes care of 108 devotees, it is a full-time activity? 
if one answers emails, phone call conversations, having face-to-face meetings, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. How one can deal with that? Um, one time Prabhupada was giving a talk and he, he raised this question. He said, how one, how one teacher is caring for hundreds? And he, he talked about a system where you have 10 that you look after and those 10 look after another 10 each. So in that way, you are looking after 100 through those 10. In fact, the same system that Prabhupada operated when he created ISKCON and created his representatives. Um, but these days, I'm looking after maybe only 50, 60 face-to-face and then 200 um, with emails and uh, messages that are sent to everybody. So I've chosen the people that I want to work with. Um, I don't give myself too much to do because I know I have limitations, but um, dealing with different groups uh, at a time. So I, on Monday, I speak to 40 people. And then Tuesday, I speak to one person. Wednesday is a small group. Thursday is another person. I do one-to-ones with people. And then the mentees who attend a mentorship thing, I do another group. And then we have a disciples group like this one. So um, Zoom is a blessing from God. <laughs> and we, we also use something called WebEx, same, same type of thing. But yeah. it's how one person can communicate with many, I think you'll find. And yet make it seem personal. I also use MailChimp, which is a way of sending illustrated uh, newsletters to many receivers. So that goes out to quite a few people. MailChimp, which is very convenient. And I also have a website, of course, which has got classes and kirtans and different things like that. So yes. I, I think it, it's not just for, you know, a big, big ISKCON guru to have such things, but everybody who's looking after anybody should make use of modern technology to care for as many people as you can. Mm. Um, I was just going to say, um, I'll put it in the chat, your website, pipamoya.com. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, the time has flown by. <laughs> so on behalf of everyone, I want to thank you, Kripamoy Prabhu, for your kind and very wise and inspiring Sangha. Um, let it be not the last time. Yeah, next time we can discuss something maybe more controversial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that As you wish, attracts attention. Huh? As you wish. I'm at and, your command. Uh, and uh, also I want to mention this 
coming Wednesday, I believe it is, is Srila Prabhupada Tirubhava Titi, the observance of his departure from the world. Uh, Iris has mentioned that uh, according to the solar calendar, it would be today. Mm. So uh, we have that observance coming. Some devotees call it a that we celebrate that day. I don't like to call it a celebration. I prefer to call it an observance. Um, but, of course, in a sense, it is also a celebration that Srila Prabhupada is um, showing us, has shown us the way back to Godhead and is there waiting for us, if you like. Um yeah, so I think that's pretty much all for me for now. Um, my best wishes to all of you this next week, day by day. Some of you uh, in the in the uh, what is it called the the sixteen rounds group, club sixteen, and uh, we have a club sixteen. Kripa Mahi Prabhu which is that uh, it's about chanting 16 rounds in, in one go. Oh, <laughs> So we have that going on, especially in this month, but uh, some devotees are doing since some years, keeping, keeping uh, each other inspired to sit down and chant 16 rounds nonstop. Um, and yes, best wishes, keep healthy, keep well this next week, uh, and start getting your congregations organized. <laughs> and we can take further advice from Kripa Moi Prabhu how to do that. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Anantakoti Vaishnavarinda ki jai, Gora Premanande Hari Hari Bhot.